This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right in in just a minute, but I want to remind you to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access any of our resources, books, articles, other podcasts. I think we're at about 180 episodes in the podcast. If you're wondering if we've ever covered a topic, that's the best place to go and look and see. If we've covered the topic, you can just scroll through. It's really easy to maneuver through and see what we've what we've done. Uh, because we and I also want to say thank you to those who through social media when we put that out there. What do you want us to talk about? We continue to get more and more responses to that, and that really helps us to kind of think through uh, what we want to tackle. But we really desire to to cover the things that you're wrestling with, that you're thinking about, and so we want to try to serve you the best we can with that. Also, you can go to iTunes or however you listen to the podcast and leave a review for us. We do check those and love to either get encouragement or learn how to grow and how we can, can serve you better with this podcast. And Jim, we, as we always do, we want to jump right into to topic, and we are going to cover a topic today that not only somebody wrote in uh, the, yesterday in regard to asking for topics, but this is something we just hear about regularly, isn't it? That uh, pastoral loneliness, that that the the call and role of a pastor in a local church it's typical that the pastor is the only pastor, only staff member in many churches, and that creates an environment of a unique isolation and loneliness that if a pastor is not aware of how to address it, it can really be a crushing thing. But it's not just for the, the single pastor. Loneliness is just reality in pastoral ministry, and I think we, that's why we want to be able to talk about this. You could have, a, you could have elders... You could have staff around yeah. you, and it actually can still be a lonely place. Yeah. So that's what makes it unique, and we want to be able to talk about this today. Jim, what kind of text do we want to think about in regard to just getting a category for for a pastor who battles with loneliness? I think you can handle it from one of two perspectives, Brian. One is when you consider the many things the Bible says about the blessing of companionship and uh, friendship and family, you know, so that that's one aspect of this is that when, so that the argument is that when that's denied, when that's not there, mm-hmm. uh, that you will have some sense of loss. He sets the lonely in families. Uh, we read in the scriptures. Um, it's not good for man to be alone. You yeah. know, is a statement. I don't. I think that's more than a statement about marriage. Obviously, it's given in the context of marriage, but I think it says something more about it. it's not good for us to be alone. Uh, and. Then so that's the one uh, aspect of it. I think you you couple with that with the difficulty of that's attendant to ministry. Two are better than one. We read in the book of Ecclesiastes, for if one falls, he has someone to to lift him up. Uh, how can one be warm when he is alone? You know th- those kinds of things you know, that 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 show to us two are better than one. Um, that recognition. So that's 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 the one thing you do have. You know, I thought of the Apostle Paul in Second Timothy chapter four and verse sixteen, where he went through a time there in defense of his ministry. Where he says, "No one stood with me," mm-hmm. and, he, I, and he's not belly aching, um, but he is telling something. He's not trying to guilt manipulate anybody, but he's talking about something that he went through and that he really felt. Uh, you know, the Lord Jesus uh, going through what he went through uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, could, could you not stay awake with me? He desired companionship. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there is something of his suffering that was seen in his going through that alone. Yeah. Uh, and then that ultimately even, you know, resulted in a sense of divine abandonment. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that sense of feeling forsaken, of feeling alone, Brian, you articulated this. 
there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Uh, some people can spend some time alone and they're not lonely. Some people can be in a room full, full crowded of crowded yep. and feel very lonely. Yeah, that's a good point. And so that's what we want to really focus on is that, that sense of isolation, that sense of feeling cut off. Uh, emotionally um, from uh, others when when we find ourselves in need. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I want to set this conversation up, I think, by saying to try to capture how do you define, especially you think about somebody who tries to understand pastoral loneliness who's not a pastor. Why is it so uniquely lonely as a pastor? I think the deep desire of every human soul, I think God has made us this way, is to be known, seen, and loved. Mm-hmm. And and so if we just I just want to function from that premise. So as, as everything we talk about, if if God has placed in us as, as being created in his, in his image and as a human being, our desire, deep desire to be known, seen, and loved, uh, ultimately by God and yes. then by others in that way. Uh, when that is not met, that that can create a a loneliness that exists. So you're right; you can be alone but not feel lonely. Yeah. Uh, but so, what does it mean to be lonely? Well, a lot of times it, it it's that it's that isolation of the soul that you don't feel seen, you don't feel known, you don't feel loved by another person or by God and or whatever that the scenario might be. So, I, I want to mention that as, to set this up because I believe that's what creates this unique loneliness for pastors because the work of a pastor is pouring out so much for others, who then a lot of times do not reciprocate the same care towards them. So it's a pastor works really hard to make a a member of the congregation, one of his sheep, to feel loved, to feel seen, to feel known, to to see he sees their needs, he tries to meet their needs. But who does that with the pastor? And yeah. so I think a lot of times that loneliness gets fostered uniquely, you know, applied in a pastor's life because he's always pouring out but nobody is trying to care for him in a similar way like that. So what what do you where do you, where's the starting point for you Jim in trying to help uh, a pastor under understand why cuz a lot of times this can be uh, jolting for a pastor. He feels lonely, he doesn't know why. How to make sense of that? Yeah. <clears throat> if I can Brian, I'm, I'm going to pull back give it just a higher view just for a second yep. here. Um, many people might be aware of, if you if you go, go to Google and, and type in the words epidemic of and the first choice you get is loneliness. Really? Epidemic of loneliness. So this is something that is being recognized, particularly in America, as a mental health and a health issue, yeah. as, a, as a biological health issue. That yep. is, it's affecting us emotionally, uh, physically, spiritually, in, in, in all of these ways. I think that what makes pastoral loneliness so unique is we're not working in a lighthouse, uh, you know, out out on an island somewhere. You know, we're not working in the uh, in the Arctic Circle studying the mating rituals of seals. People do we, that, we, really? Yes. Wow. In fact, okay. I used to. No, not, but uh, <laughs> I dreamed of it. No, but sometimes I do want to do that now. But no, but you, the the, the we work with people. Yeah, we do. Our job is to be in and among people, and so when you have a job. You know, like like the loneliness of a social director. You know, well, how how would you have that? Or you know, the the loneliness of a crowd coordinator. Right. How, how is that guy? So, we're not talking about a physical sense, but it is an emotional sense that is at times exa- exacerbated by uh, 
a misunderstanding of our calling. And that is, I think this is what happens very often. We're not allowed to share our burden. We feel like we're not allowed to share our burden mm-hmm. or we're not allowed to share our burden with, we don't want to share it with our wives because uh-huh. they may not be able to handle it. Uh, we don't want to share it with somebody in the church because, well, that's a problem. You can't have, you know, you can't right. have friends in the church. Or it can be weaponized friend, against you or whatever. It can be weaponized against you. And if not by that person, then by somebody else. Yeah, right. Um, and so uh, if we don't have fellow elders or sometimes you have fellow elders, but maybe you don't, you don't get along with them well, or you have not yet cultivated a, uh, a some vulnerability or you might view vulnerability as weakness and you can't allow yourself to be weak. Yeah. You have to be strong. You have to be invulnerable. You're the preacher. You're the guy with all the answers. You're the one everybody's looking to. You're the one that when when people come to talk to you, they rarely come to you to see how you're doing. Right. So, I mean, in a sense, I get that. But, you know, like, you know, you, you joking, I've said this before, you know, if when I go to the doctor, I'm not expecting him to tell me how he's feeling. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not. Doc, before paying, we look uh, at me. Let, yeah. yeah. How, I, how, how are your how's knees? A shoulder injury. You how's are your weight? <laughs> how are you sleeping? Can Doc? you get on the scale, actually? Yeah. Can me I before, watch you get on the scale? Before I get on the scale. <laughs> can I see you in your underwear? Yeah. Can I check you for a mole? Okay, let's uh, stop there. Let's right, stop, stop there. there. All right. So. <laughs> But the idea is, no, of course not. And and he doesn't expect it. He's not like, man, right. he, gets, he doesn't come home and go, man, nobody asked me how I'm doing. Yeah, right, you know? right. Well, of course, because you're point. a doctor. And very often as a pastor, if they ask you at all, it's a very quick and they're just, oh, hey, how, how you doing? Well, really, I'm, I'm calling you. So I had, I had, a, I had a, a brother recently uh, get together with me. I He had texted me, whatever, somebody I know very well. Um but we hadn't spent actually a lot of time just the two of us together and sat down with me and he said, I really, I have one goal and one agenda. I just want to see how you're doing and see how I can love, love you and minister to you. Younger guy in the church. Great. You know, so that was very, but it almost feels awkward. Like, Oh, you know, I I don't do this. Mm -hmm. I, I I sit in the other chair all Mm -hmm. the time. Well, do that for long enough. And if some of those natural outlets are not there and available to you, uh, you're going to feel very lonely. Yeah. Uh, and that's coupled with the crushing weight of responsibility that is often on you. Yeah, it's good. So, so uh, here's what I want to do before, because I want to talk about how to how to pastor can deal with the loneliness. Mm. But before we go there, I want us to kind of just speak personally for a minute about times you've battled loneliness. I think you and I let's both share. How have we? How have you identified? Like, like so. In other words, how does loneliness manifest in your life to yeah. where you can be then self-aware of? I, I actually, right now, I think I'm battling being lonely. I mean, who, who would have thought that would be the evaluation? Um, how would you, when you've battled loneliness, Jim? What What have you had seen in your own life? How has it manifested in your life? Yeah, I'm actually I'm kind of scrambling through my brain here a bit, Brian, because this. Th- Thankfully, this has not been um, among the issues that I have dealt with a lot. It's not been a common sense. And part of that is due to the fact that I have three fellow elders that I can share the burdens with. I have, I, I blessedly have good friends like yourself and other guys in ministry that I can 
um, I can word the vent to. I do mm-hmm. sometimes vent. Uh, I try not to vent. I try not to complain a lot. But sometimes but, but you, no you genuinely need, but sometimes care you about need, you. Yeah, and ask but about you, you. you, but people that will know and people that will understand. Yeah, uh, and, and that's it. So I think sometimes it is. There's there are elements of it that you're not going to really understand unless you're there, yeah. unless you're you're in the ministry, so, and that sense of this is my responsibility, this is my duty. Uh, the loneliness of feeling like I, I, I'm carrying this by myself sometimes. I, I carry this load. I carry the weight of responsibility. And I have had times where I felt that. Like I, 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 I don't feel like I can share this. I don't feel like I can share that. So it's all on me, and it begins to eat away yeah. um, at me. And, and so, you know, that's, that, you know, it's, it, well, again, you know, loneliness. What is the feeling of loneliness? It's 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 can lead to a sense of sadness and despair, um, uh, and, and being uh, emotionally shut off yep. and and unsafe. So I uh, this is something I battled uh, a good bit, and so I'll, I'll share just uh, just how I began to identify it in my own life. I battled loneliness in the ministry a lot longer than I knew that's what I w- was happening, and I remember it was a time. This is this is several years ago now, uh, but I hit a point. I'd say more like uh, five, six years ago, where I hit a wall ministry-wise, and thought I was just kind of wore out from everything. And one of the ways that things, the ways it was showing up in my my life, is that uh, I'm you know I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love ministering to people. I love being around people. And I found myself not wanting to be with people, mm. and that was really disarming for me uh, that didn't feel normal or right I didn't know why that was and I wasn't I was having a hard time making sense of 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 this and all of a sudden um, something happened some afternoon I was driving down the road and a church member similar to what you were talking about a church member called me that's a young guy I, I'm you know that I regularly you know would mentor and pour into and and I see he's calling and I remember thinking to myself, I don't even really want to answer this because I just I'm feeling mm-hmm. tired. And I even just have these conversations, but I answered it, seeing what he needed. And he said, uh, "Hey, you know what? I actually don't need anything. Uh, I'm I'm just calling because I was thinking about you. I was praying for you, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to know how you were doing. And I, I can remember where I was driving in my car. I, I just started to weep, like uh. uncontrollably. Uh. I had no idea what had just happened." Mm. And it, it really, so that's kind of hit me of, okay, something else is, what just happened yeah, right, 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 right. So right. sat down with my counselor, worked through some things, just try to figure out what was, what had happened. What I came to realize is I was battling some deep loneliness. I felt, and what, what created the loneliness, this is my point, because I think a lot of pastors can relate to this. What created the loneliness for me was constantly being with people who loved me because of what I could do for them, right. not because it was just me. right? And so it goes back to what you were saying. I'm, I'm saying a little yeah. different way, but it's in the same category. So I think I want that's what I want to put out there, is I think pastoral loneliness is usually exasperated by being exhausted by the work of the ministry without the care of people caring for you as a human being. Right. And you're right. Most people aren't going to, most people aren't going to ask their doc how they're doing before they get their examination. But... Those people who do, who go off, you know, go off the script in some way and do that, like that, 
you know, that's one of the things I think that can be meaningful to that person because it it's not the norm. What I was struggling with is I was surrounded by people who loved and appreciated me. But yeah. and as you have people surrounded by you who love and right. appreciate. So I was I think pastoral loneliness gets exasperated when we don't recognize that we're human beings and we need people to, to care for us. And I didn't have that. I mean, I wasn't getting that as regularly as I needed. So all that to say is that experience, one, helped me identify pastoral loneliness and how it manifested in my soul, how it manifested in my life. Then that helped me to know how do I get help? How do I, how do I address this? Mm. So why don't we turn to that? Um, how, what kind of advice, Jim, do you, would you give to someone? Let's maybe go back and forth, maybe one at a time. What's one practical thing a pastor can do if he knows he's battling loneliness? He realizes this is the scenario of ministry, that we pour out, we pour out. We're not expecting church members to be mindful to care for us. That's an unfair expectation to put on them. But what does a pastor do to make sure he gets the care he needs and is experiences being known, seen, and loved by other people, not yeah. just God? I think, Brian, you have to set it into two categories of guys who may be listening to this. And that is the one who feels lonely in a crowd and the other one who is perhaps rather isolated he really is isolated yeah. he may minister in a in a town where there's there aren't there aren't any other churches uh he's the solo pastor he um there's there's not a local ministerial fellowship of of people uh in and friends a network of people. he doesn't have that and so you know for that guy you don't want to put extra burden on him, but you know, but you're trying to say, okay, what are some practical ways in which he can try to find a community of people, and uh, and and that's a, that can be a struggle because all right, is that an does that start online? Does that start with yeah. ri- writing an email? Does that start with making a phone call? Um, you Would know, you agree? Wh- at least wh- starts with that pastor realizing he actually needs care and connection in that way that yeah. that's 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 uh, separate from his normal just ministry pouring right, out. Right. Exactly. Cuz yeah. cuz again, generally we are pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And and our relationships are often pouring out. So, hey, can we get together for coffee? It's so we can listen and we can pour out to them. Um, you know, can you meet me for breakfast? They're going to pour out. Can we meet together after church? They're going to pour out. And, and, and when very little relationally is, is being uh, put in, and especially where we feel like we cannot share our burden. Yeah. You know, I, it would not be right for me to dump this on my wife. It's not right for me to dump it on you know, somebody else in the church, and then I don't have anybody. That's the hardest one to deal with, in a sense, because he, you can really feel logistically or practically trapped. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way out of this. But again, Brian, we do live in a day and age where uh, if you are willing, some relationships can be fostered in, in certain communities. And, and if at first it's online, but then also... Uh, perhaps looking to go to somebody like that ought, ought to look to go to, if, if possible, pastors' conferences, pastors' gatherings, um, and look to build a uh, a friendship or a relationship. And it might be in a variety of ways. It might be he's going to need somebody that uh, he needs to just get out of the um, the box of just ministry and get involved. Whether it's a, a men's softball league or, or something like that, where he's 
he can be, be get friendships, begin to build something with somebody uh, who knows him. One of the one of the nice things about something like that, because I got involved in sports, um, uh, both as a dad and then then personally when I was I, I was in uh, was in a little kickboxing community. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I wasn't Pastor Jim there. I wasn't Pastor Sebastio. Right. I was just Jim. That, that matters. It really and it does, does matter. Yeah, it it does. was really nice. Yeah. And, and, and so they just knew me as Jim, so nobody was coming to me with their problems. Nobody, you know, it's like, oh, glad Jim's here. You don't now feel I responsible for them. I feel responsible. Yeah. And they knew me, as you said, Brian, to get to the point. They knew me just as me. I felt like they knew me as yeah. me. Yeah. You know, just it was. Just, I was just Jim. I was just a guy, uh, Jim at the gym or – or even sometimes, you know, in the um, in the sports world where my kids were involved, I wasn't their pastor, yeah. and and that was a lot. So I mean, something like that. Um, if you want me to keep going, because no, I can, no, I want to maybe you could, maybe you you maybe you can address. What about the guy who feels lonely in a crowd? Well, I, I first want to I first want to just affirm what you said. Like that may sound like a small thing, but. Yeah, go in an environment and build a relationship where you're not the pastor. Actually can really do what you're talking about. You know, maybe not on a really deep level, but just having relations. So if your only relationships in your life are your family and your church, then you kind of feel responsible for all of them. Mm-hmm. Like go somewhere where you're not responsible for the soul of a human yeah. being. Start there. And and that really can be, and there's all kinds of ways to get that. But I think that's really sound advice. Um I would say that um, you know I want to start. I want to kind of back up a little bit. I think one of the ways to address loneliness. I want to start in an obvious place, but an important place. If the desire of the soul is to be known, seen, and loved, there's no one who knows us and sees us and loves us like God does. Mm-hmm. And so to to take, I f- I feel lonely and isolated yeah. right now in my family, in my ministry, whatever. But to take that to the Lord as a mm-hmm. lament. And say, remind me, you see me. Mm. You know, you know me. You, mm. you. I can have that intimate, relational connection with you, yeah. and that's part of walking with Jesus as a pastor, and why it's so important. This is where pastors lose themselves so much when they lose sight of following Jesus, lose sight of caring for themselves. This is where really bad things happen in pastors' well, lives. Well, so Paul, when you know, when, you know, at my first offense, no one stood with me, yeah. but the Lord. The Lord, but the Lord is with you. Yeah, with, so right. so I just want to I want to I want to be able to emphasize that I know it maybe feels like a Sunday school answer, but it's really important to highlight yeah, when we're talking about pastoral loneliness. The second thing is uh, to kind of add to what you had you had said is that yeah, find relationships of people who truly want you for you. Um, that may start online. It may start with a, a, a seminary friend, another pastor friend who lives 200 miles away. Right. But like, so FaceTime together, you know, yeah, Zoom. Exactly. Like, do something. Um, this is a good time to mention, Jim, that that we're our um, our fifth year of the replant cohort that we do is starting in January. But we have op- just opened registration applications for that. It's free. It's a one year online weekly cohort and the whole reason we do it is for what we're talking about here yeah it takes guys who are on their own isolated they have no other pastors they know will come in to join our cohort and you're going to meet all these guys you're going to be with them weekly and we've heard over and over again this is our fifth year doing it we've heard over and over again guys come on and are there just just to see other guys on the screen like like them to hear them ask the questions they have 
they don't get to talk to each other necessarily in that, but they connect and a lot of relationships fostered out of that. So yeah. go to practicalshepherding.com, go to the replant cohort and you can sign up for the free uh, a cohort that'll, that'll start in, in January. But whether it's that or something else, find somebody in your life, a pastor, ideally another pastor who knows what it's like to be a pastor, knows what it's like to have this pastoral loneliness that, that is unique to us that we can face. And, Connect, begin to connect relationally with them, where the task is that you care for each other uh, in a way that's mutually uh, beneficial to. What's another? Uh, what's another aspect to this, Jim? That that can help address the loneliness aspect. Yeah. So I, I did want to talk a little bit, Brian, about the guy who is. So I'm, I mentioned the one guy who's who is really like really logistically isolated. So the guy who's lonely in a crowd, the pastor who's lonely in a crowd. No, this is the guy who's lonely, who is in a situation. He doesn't have fellow elders. He, you right. know, he, so he is uh, in a small, maybe in a small church, a yeah. small community, that kind of thing. So he, he doesn't feel like there's a lot there. So that was a, uh, I would say one other thing to that person. Okay. And then okay. I, if I may move yep. on, yep. but I think somebody like that, you, though it may often feel taboo or scandalous or whatever, that if you find yourself connecting with somebody in the church, another, another guy in the church, allow that again, you may not, you may not share everything. It may, again, may not be appropriate to vent everything about everybody. Maybe there are things you need to keep quiet, but some guys guys that feel like they can have no friends or that all my dealings have to be pastoral. I'm always reverend. I'm always pastor. Yep, I'm good. never just Jim. That if a group of guys are getting together to whatever it is, hunt, fish, you know, go bowling, uh, go out to go see a movie or whatever else, and they would never think of inviting you, maybe just say, hey, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to be a part of it, and let them see you. It just as a guy, just as a person, yeah, that's good, uh, and not just as a role. I, I I think that that's important. That's good. That's really good. So maybe I'll 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 save my next. Go ahead, ping pong uh, back to you. Then I've got one that I want to say. Well, go ahead and say yours because then I want to go to the guy who's who's lonely in in. Well, that's what I want to talk about. Okay, now, so so let's move to that. Let's move to the pastor who has staff, pastor who has elders, even yeah, um, but yet. Uh, a church that clearly loves and appreciates him because we got to acknowledge part of the loneliness a pastor feels is, is he doesn't feel loved by his church in yeah. general, but this is, let's take a guy got, he has a, he has a staff that he gets along with. He's got elders that love, he loves and supports. He's got a church that's for, him, and yet he still feels a loneliness in the midst of that crowd of people who love and appreciate him. What, how does that guy deal with the loneliness? Well, one thing is he may have to, realign his uh unbiblical thinking about his role he he may he may have viewed himself in a way that again because i'm in charge of everything i i can't i have the ceo he's distanced himself he's distanced himself but he's feeling the loneliness of it Uh but it's it, it is an unbiblical framework that that he created for himself or around himself yeah, yeah. he's created expectations of what it means to be in ministry that means um again i ask others how they're doing they don't ask me you know yeah. it, it is and and he's created that environment yeah, you don't invite the other you don't invite it. Yeah. it and so the answer to some of that is a restructuring of your thinking that results in a in a vulnerability mm-hmm. i think it's the first thing you need to say that there needs to be able to be uh, a degree of vulnerability that even if nobody well, that when the casual how you doing comes, that you say, 
Okay, I'm going to do something shocking. I'm going to answer you. Mm. You know, maybe say it with a smile, but I'm not doing well right now. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. You know, maybe they're going to think, oh, I didn't want this. That's I didn't not what ask I asked for, this for here, right, yeah. Right. But you need to know who you can do that with, and that has to be somebody that, you know, you feel like you can trust. Uh, and again, hopefully, if you're, you're on staff, there should be some people you trust, or they ought not to be on staff. You ought to trust them. But you need to be able to say, I have created an unhealthy environment where everybody looks to me, but I look to no one. Right. Where I'm in charge of everything, but nobody's in charge of me mm-hmm. as a, other than my outer actions. Well, you need to be, you know, you might, well, my secretary tells me I need to be here. Or that, you know, that, that, no, that's not what we're talking about. But that somebody's allowed to have access into the inner sanctum of your soul or your heart and say to you, how are you, how are you really doing? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned about you, um, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. And you allow the guard to come down and to be able to answer honestly yeah. in that. That's really good. And actually, I have, I, I have a, a, a way I would manage that that I think is, is a way. It's almost a middle step from what you just articulated when someone asks, hey, how you doing in passing? And your response is, well, not good. And then they don't, they're uncomfortable. They don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I actually think there's a middle place you can go. When someone had asked that you wouldn't expect them to, uh, weren't expecting them, or they're, not, they're really not asking to know. They're just kind of casually doing it. Hey, so how you doing? I would usually say something like, would you like me to answer that honestly? Mm. And, and just So I haven't revealed to them yet how I'm doing. But I have pressed the issue to them, go, was that a passing comment? You actually really want to know. You know, gotcha. and and you almost can read from that whether they really want to know it or sure. not. Um, and and I, I I found that helpful because most of the time when you do it, they're going to say, you know, a lot of times they will say, well, actually, yeah. And then what I watched happen is somebody who asked it kind of in passing, they they all of a sudden get engaged and actually, I really do want to know how you're doing. I just right. didn't know you were going to tell me, you know, kind right. of thing. So so that's a that can be a helpful middle way to. To kind of push back without without all of a sudden just dumping a bunch of things on them. So, but the other thing I would say about the uh, the guy who's lonely in a crowd is to uh, I, I think to just be aware it's happening. Uh, one of the things that that again that was shocking to me is that when the realization came, I was actually lonely with uh, surrounded by a bunch of people that love and appreciate mm-hmm. me. Uh, how how is that even possible? And one of the half the battle for me. Was just to recognize, yes, it is possible. I'm lonely in this place. Yeah, I got to figure out why. But it this this is this still this is not an impossibility that I could be surrounded by all these people that love me, that love my care of them, who. But yet I I feel lonely uh, at when I'm when I'm with them and around them. So I think part of the, the awareness, the acknowledgement of the acknowledgement to God, the acknowledgement maybe to someone else. Go, you know, I I don't know how to make sense of it, but I really feel like I'm battling loneliness being surrounded by people and that kind of gives a at least a starting point to then try to address the particular issue last thing i want to say as we wrap this up jim is is that uh one of the reasons we exist as a ministry practical shepherding is to be there for pastors who have nobody else so we want to encourage you to reach out to us if you have nobody else to go to you don't even know where to start. You, you, we're describing you as we're talking about this, but you don't know where to start. You need to go to practicalshepherding.com. You need to go to the contact page. Reach out to Jim or myself in social media. Uh, we respond. We try to keep track and respond to, to anybody who reaches out to us. 
feel free to do that and let us try to help you figure out maybe how to to have a beginning place to move forward. Any final word on this, Jim, for them? Uh, Yes, a couple of practical things real quickly. I I think, so, I mean, we mentioned prayer, but not just prayer to the Lord relationally. God's the giver of every good and perfect gift. Uh, Friendship and belonging are good gifts, and trust the Lord will give that to us. But... I think we need to we need to make some kinds of plans, and, and and that is if I'm going to build a relationship with somebody, it's not just hey it'd be great to get together sometime and do something, but maybe set up a routine to say hey can we meet together, you know first and first and third Tuesday of every month yeah. for coffee yeah. from eight to nine, um, and is there somebody in that or can I set up a phone call once a month or can I you know but just something that starts the ball rolling yeah. Yep. But we need to take initiative, and I think we, we need to be specific, and we need to plan. And I think even in regard to that plan, we need to, to determine, Lord, not only am I lonely and I would like a friend, I would like a friendship with so-and-so. I'd like, really, I'd like, I'd like to get to know Brian Pray better, you know, or that, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, Brian, there was a, I mean, our relationship was much, much more casual for the first however long, two, two years, two, three years that we knew each other. The first two couple of years, yeah. Uh, and then when we started the fraternal, and then, and then we started seeing each other once a month, you know, from that point onward. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then obviously practical shepherding and all of that, you know, came about as a result of it. But mm-hmm. we went from casual guys that got together yep. every, every few months, and usually I was, I was an older guy, and I, I'd called a check on you. I kept thinking, oh, he's got to have gotten fired by now. I was a little busy trying not to get he's, fired. Yeah, I didn't he was have, either have fired or they surely booted him by, you know, or he's <laughs> left by now. I was like, oh, you're still at it. You're still getting knocked still around. still there, huh? Wow, I, can I look at you? You're for punishment you're, or what? Yes, exactly. I got to know this guy. <laughs> you know, good. but but you know, But through the years, we have cultivated, and, and with some other friends, have mm-hmm. cultivated um, – uh, and one of them in particular who has pressed us, one of our friends has pressed us to transparency yeah. uh, when we get together and ask very you know pointed questions about not just what we're doing and how our ministry is going, but how we are, how and we what, are. Our, what our emotional state is. I agree. It's not always comfortable, but it's been good. Yeah, that's good. Last thing I'll, I want to say is uh, w- to not be apologetic to pursue those relationships. In other words, I think a lot of pastors feel like, all right, well, I either need to go meet with this church member again, or I, I, I only have time for that, or I need to go meet with my friend that I, I, I want to connect with. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you, don't be apologetic to care for your own soul by these kind of relationships. And, and so, like you said, make regular time, have it in as a part of, build it into your schedule. It just won't naturally happen. Mm-hmm. You will always gravitate to just being with church folks a lot of the time. So yeah. you have to be intentional. I have friendships that... I have a, one of my good friends is a business owner. He owns a Chick-fil-A here in Louisville. Yeah. He's uh, he's a member of another church. He's Don't one, tell me that's not a selfish relationship, Brian. Oh, well, there, there's some personal benefit. <laughs> I will say that. But, uh, you know, but we, we get together and hang out and, and have, have hot wings and watch ball game. And just being with somebody who I know doesn't want me to pastor them, mm-hmm. uh, that became a really life-giving relationship mm-hmm. for me. So you know, don't be don't be apologetic about making time for those relationships. It's what's going to make you uh, be at a better place to be able to care for others. So Jim, we take a minute and pray yeah. for lonely pastors and that God gives them wisdom in trying yeah. to face it. 
Our Father, thank you that you are a God who cares for us, who knows us, and who, who desires that we would be in relation with others, and that we would have mutually beneficial relationships where we could uh, pour out and, and have others pour into us. And Father, for those listening to this, or maybe this was a very painful discussion, a hard thing for them to hear that you'd especially draw near to them, help and aid them, we pray. Um, give them help and give them wisdom and open doors of opportunities of relationships, either in the church or in the community or uh, among a broader community um, uh, in this way. Father, we pray that that burden of loneliness would be able to be cast upon you, that you would draw near uh, to the brokenhearted and show them your love, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.